Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Think Tank Sports. Think Tank Sports, where we think and you listen. Check us out on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We got a poll, an NBA poll, because we're going to talk about the NBA. Now what I think it's it's sad, but like the third time, like it's only been <laughs> so little that we actually know how many times we've talked about the NBA. Um, and of course, listen to us on your favorite podcast delivery system. We're out there for you to find us. And hopefully today, and I did see some of you did, found our Twitter poll. Yeah, Dave, uh, we had good response on the Twitter poll and on Instagram um, and Facebook. So uh, we can do the cumulative uh, scores here. And uh, just simply put, uh, here at the All-Star break, we asked uh, which team has had the most positive first half of the NBA season so far. Uh, now, we get it's not half the season. It's more like two-thirds, but uh, easier said in the Twitter poll saying half there, so don't add us for that. Um, but uh, the options were the Chicago Bulls and the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Memphis Grizzlies and the Minnesota Timberwolves. And, uh, you know, early in the clubhouse, Dave, leader is the Chicago Bulls with 50% of the vote. Uh, wow, all right. Yeah, uh, Cleveland with uh, the big bagel hanging out there. Uh, nobody's wow. nobody's checked that box. Uh, Memphis with 33% of the vote, and the T-Wolves uh, with 17 So, uh, Dave, what, what's your opinion on this Twitter poll? What, what, who do you think's had the most positive um, first half so far this season? Yeah, I mean, I really like, and I really like Memphis. I mean, 41 and 19. Yeah. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Now, I get the the take with the Bulls, and they made some really late changes um, at the end, at the trade deadline last year right. um, to improve their team. They're 38 and 21, so not that much different, but they're tied for first place in the Eastern Conference with the Miami Heat. Um so you can't go wrong there. I just went with the Grizzlies, and John Morant has had a great year and such a – he's really become uh, the player and is producing the way everybody thought he would when he came out. Uh, and it's just it's just a great story in Memphis. Of course, Chicago's been bad for a long time, but, you know, the Bulls do have some history with, uh, oh, that guy – that was really good. Um, he stuck his tongue out a lot, I think. Yeah. Uh, Number 45 uh, on the Wizards. 23, some yeah. J- Jordan, I the think. Goat. The goat. Yeah. Sure. So uh, so I give it to the Grizzlies just because they have not had a lot of success. And, and that, to me, has is a lot more surprising. Yeah, I agree. And if you watch the Grizzlies this year, they play more of a style like Golden State with a lot of uh, cross picks and back picks and moving the ball around. Uh, And it's not just the Ja Morant show. Uh, Now, he does have a tendency sometimes to fall on and hero ball. Um, And as he matures, he's gotten better at that. But they're so athletic. Uh, They found this Desmond Bain guy who is just lighting it up three um, they just have a nice rotation. Everybody on that team is athletic and, um, you know, just a fun watch. Um, so I understand why people are, are voting for them. Uh, but Dave, I, I really like the Bulls, man. Um, their roster overhaul the last couple of years has been so impressive. Um, you know, Zach Levine, although he's, you know, got a little bit of a knee, Looks like he's not going to play in the All-Star game, but uh, he, he's just been great. Uh, but DeMar DeRozan has, like, uh, found the fountain of youth, you know. Since he had to die for the Raptors championship a couple years ago, uh, <laughs> he was sent to San Antonio, and he did what, you know, Pop asked him to do, but it really was never uh, a team that was on a playoff track there in San Antonio. Um, and he's coming into Chicago and really um, found, you know, his potential. Uh, and uh, Vukovic in the middle, Dave, is just an animal. 
Uh, I think he's one of the more underappreciated players in the league at this point. Uh, Absolutely. 18 points a game, 11 rebounds a game, uh, three assists a game, really good passing big man. Uh, and his the pick and roll with DeRozan is uh, lethal. And so um, really a nice story in Chicago. So they got my vote um, for uh, you know, the team that's had the, the most positive surprise this so far this season. Um, yeah. And DeRozan has gotten some MVP talk too, Mike. You, you've and, had to you know, um, rightfully. So 28 points a game, yeah. uh, five rebounds, five assists shooting 51% from the field. I mean that yeah. those are MVP type numbers. So, uh, you know, like you said, kudos to them, uh, kudos to the Bulls and and Demar Derozan for yeah. for stepping up his play. Well, let's stay right there in the Eastern Conference, buddy, and just take a look at some of these teams now. The Miami Heat, what a strange couple of years it's been for them. They, oh you know, my they, goodness! They no go kidding. into the bubble and have a great um, bubble experience, and they're in the finals, and they're doing it with. Uh, you know, Butler and, and a bunch of young kids, um, you know, Tyler Hero came of age, Duncan Robinson, um, and Bam, uh, all three of them really grew a lot in the bubble. So last year, you know, they started slow, they had some injuries, and they never really uh, materialized uh, as a legitimate threat in the East. Uh, so this year they make a couple of changes, and you know this guy's not my favorite, uh, Kyle Lowry. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Dribble the ball for 22 seconds and then pass it to a wing and say, hurry up, shoot. Uh, that's his play, uh, when, especially when he was in Toronto. Um, but um, P.J. Tucker, you know, great role player for them. Um, their second team uh, comes in with a lot of energy, pressing uh, on defense and really, uh, you know, extending uh, a lead usually when they're in. So uh, the Miami Heat with Eric Spolstra, you know, your new favorite head coach. Um, yeah, my new favorite one. Yeah. Is really, um, really impressive so far this year. First place in the East, uh, 38 and 21, uh, 12 and 2 uh, in the conference, 11 or 24 and 12 in the conference, 11 and two in the division. Um, Those are, are big and winning on the road, 19 and 14, five games uh, above 500. So when you look at those inside the numbers a little bit, uh, you see why the heat are successful. Uh, We've talked about the bulls, Dave, what's going on with the 76ers? What what do you see? Uh, Cow. Okay. With the Sixers. Holy cow. So, if your cow has um, holes, please take it to the vet. Yes, please take it to the vet because, <laughs> you know, that's that's problematic. So, you know, we talked last week about the Sixers and the moves they made, and we haven't seen Thick Jim yet because his hamstring still hurt, I'm and he's going to wait until after the All-Star break. Anyways, um, they, the other night, run into, Mike, your Boston Celtics, yeah. who have who have really been tearing it up. Yep. Uh, and as a famous, uh, I think, was it, was it Dan Patrick who used to say on sports center, they took him out behind the woodshed. Yes. <laughs> yes. This was That's a woodshed game for yes, sure. Yes. No doubt. Uh, just an absolute pasting one thirty five for the Celtics, 87 for the Sixers. And it wasn't uh, that close. No, and it wasn't that close. I, I mean, the Sixers shot 28% from the field. 28. Wow. Uh, 56% for the Celtics. This was the number, as I was talking to, to my two sons, this is what really got me. Okay. The Sixers made 23 field goals in this game, and the Celtics made 25 three-pointers. Wow. They made two more threes than the Sixers made field goals the entire game. Yikes, it's hard to win with that kind of ratio. And yeah. This was the Sixers team that had everybody. It wasn't like they were hurt or right. I mean they didn't have Harden, but they haven't had Simmons all year. This is what they've been putting on the floor, you know, yeah. and they're playing at a thirty four and twenty three pace, so they're playing well. Um, but this game, man, they just 
I don't know. I don't know what the Sixers were doing. The Celtics, besides hitting a lot of threes, weren't really doing anything spectacular. Um, you know, when you shoot fifty-five percent from three-point range, of course you 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 got <laughs> yeah. a good shot of winning that game. Uh, I mean, the Sixers had uh, thirty-nine free throw attempts. The Celtics only had twenty-two. So it's not like it was lopsided at the free throw line. Uh, the rebounds weren't crazy. Celtics had eight more. You know, it's just there's nothing that really sticks out in the box score or watching this game um, that would lead you to think that this would be that kind of blowout. Um, yeah, other than the other than the field goal percentage. Right, that's true. I mean that 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 was you know pretty bad. That's true. But yeah, so you know, the Sixers, you're like, okay, what's going on? Right. So. I think that was Tuesday night, Mike, that Sounds they played right. the Celtics in Monday or Tuesday night. So All then right. last night, uh, the Sixers go to Milwaukee. Yep. And, you know, this is, you know, it's a big test, obviously, the defending champs. Right. And you're coming off this horrendous loss. And Joel Embiid just goes off. And, you know, the Sixers look like world beaters, um, hitting a whole ton. They hit 12 threes, which I thought was a lot, but. Embiid was all over the place. Forty-two points, fourteen rebounds, five assists, uh, and they win one twenty-three, one twenty. Uh, and I watched a good amount of this. I mean, this th- these are two really exciting teams. Um, yeah, I, I said will in, be very... in our last podcast that if they met in the conference finals, it would be a, an all-out war. So yes, oh very, yeah, very Ab- good. yeah, yeah. Uh, they're just and to see. You know, I haven't seen too much of Tyrese Maxey. Oh, uh, he is he's exciting. Uh, He's definitely every bit um, the player that the Sixers have liked to have, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Embiid was just on fire. Um, you know, the Sixers are in good spot. We'll see, you know, what happens when Harden gets in there. But, you know, he's only going to add to the team one way or another. I mean, even if he passes right. like he did with the Nets, uh, it's going to make the Sixers that much better. Uh, Serge Ibaka was out there. Uh, he was one of the the only trade really the Bucks made. He looked all right. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean these two teams, like you say, Mike, on a collision course potentially in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, but it really was a nice matchup uh, right before the All Star break, and we certainly look forward to more matchups uh, once Harden gets in there. Yeah, I think you you know ultimately you just got to throw that Boston game out. Uh, and call it an anomaly. Don't dwell on it if you're, you know, the Sixers organization, which I'm sure they're not, um, you know, and bounce back. And they, like you said, they bounce back nicely. Uh, this is a good team, Dave. Uh, defensively, yeah. when they lock in, uh, they're super athletic and long. Uh, they got a lot of scorers. Uh, their second team is really strong. Um, you know, with uh, I, I like uh, Cork Maz and Shake Milton when they come off the bench, they're just firing. Uh, Danny Green's having an excellent season. Um, you know, they got a lot of good pieces uh, here in the process land, as they call it. And they, you mentioned it last time, they picked up Paul Millsap, who is just a steadying veteran yeah. presence that's going to get the job done. So, uh, Sixers having a good season, and um, I think they're looking like the Bucks last year. Uh, haven't gotten over the hump, hungry to get that championship and get everyone off their back. Um, but the big X factor, as we've said already, is Harden and what, what he's going to do uh, to this lineup. So um, so we mentioned them earlier, Dave. The, the Cleveland Cavaliers, where did these guys come from? At 35 and 23, they're fourth in the East um, and just uh, playing great uh, all the way. Good team basketball. Darius Garland is an uh, all-star for the first time. Uh, They got Rondo backing him up. Rondo's on teams that win. Uh, Say what you want. He bounces around a lot, absolutely. Um, But he certainly um, knows how to win. Uh, Isaac Okora is super athletic. Uh, Lori Markinen, who came from Chicago, knows how to fill it up. Um, and Jared Allen in the middle, Dave, is somebody that they got from the Nets last year 
Uh, and I loved him on the Nets uh, when I watched him play. Uh, just plays an old-school inside game, gets rebounds on rebounds on rebounds, um, is super athletic. Uh, still have Kevin Love uh, on the team. Uh, nice coming off the bench a- and filling it up. Uh, yeah, 14 points a game this year, uh, you know, yeah. and seven and seven rebounds. You know, that's pretty outstanding for a bench player, uh, certainly. And Kevin Love has has fit into that role player uh, piece very nicely. Yeah, and uh, they got Karis LeVert from the Pacers. They haven't really mixed him into the lineup. He's, he's played a little bit, but, you know, in the next couple of weeks, uh, gearing up for the playoff run, we'll see, you know, how he... Uh, fits in with this team and I think his game fits perfectly so I think the, I think you know the Cavs are going to be around a little bit um, going forward here um, yeah Jared Allen is is really phenomenal uh, 16 points 11 rebounds 66 percent from the field he's somebody that I know in the trade deadline last year a lot of people said they were really surprised that the Nets gave him up right um but then again, you look at what the Nets were trying to do with their own big three. But, uh, yeah, he's been a great fit in Cleveland. And, yeah, they they have shuffled a lot of people around and um, have really, you know, the team has gelled very nicely. And lucky for them, you know, they get to have the All-Star game this weekend. And it's nice that they're playing well. You like to see that. Absolutely. The, the home team playing well when the All-Star game is happening. Um, so just another, you know, just another pin in the cap for Cleveland there. Yeah, absolutely. Now we know, you know, Milwaukee's currently in fifth. They're having a good season defending champs. Uh, they're going to be there at the end to battle, uh, whoever rises up from here. So we're going to spend a lot of time on them. Uh, but Dave, my Boston Celtics have just been on fire. Uh, they, you know, got rid of Schroeder uh, and we were surprised at, uh, that that happened but it really did uh, elevate Marcus Smart to the starting lineup and he's been kind of uh, their sixth man for a long time but uh, he's become a real vocal leader in the, in, in the locker room and uh, I think that was a good move overall uh, but Jalen Brown and uh, Tatum Jason Tatum have uh, really taken that next step uh, that we've been waiting for towards superstardom. Tatum at times looks unguardable. He's so long. uh, He's got long arms and so much uh, ball skills to go along with his size that, uh, you know, he can light you up from three or take you down low. Um, Al Horford, a great veteran presence on this team. I don't know why they got rid of him, you know, a few years ago. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. they brought him back. But this kid, Robert Williams, um, his third year out of Texas A&M, they have it. So much energy. Yeah, energy and hops. Like, uh, you know, two pogo sticks for legs. I mean, just uh, <laughs> unbelievable. So they're playing a style of ball above the rim uh, yeah. with him and Tatum that um, most teams aren't used to, especially in the East. So uh, I love what their roster looks like right now and how they're playing. Uh, You know, they got the rookie head coach. That gives me a little bit of pause. But, you know, Brad Stevens in the front office will definitely give them some some tips and that kind of thing. So anything you've seen with the Celtics, Dave? Uh, Just looking at at Williams' numbers. I mean, 10 points, 9.7 rebounds, shooting 73% from the field. When everything's Uh, a dunk, it's uh, it's easy to shoot to a higher percentage, but yeah. Yeah, and for the Celtics, the 24-15 and record in the conference is really good as well. Uh, They have done their duty when it comes to Eastern conference teams. So that's put them in a, you know, in a good spot, uh, only 14 and 15 on the road. But usually if you can, you know, maintain a 500 record on the road and do better at home, you're in a good spot. So yeah, uh, I'm not a huge Celtics fan. We all know this. I'm a Lakers fan, but, um, there are definitely some guys on the Celtics that just, like the Williams kid, he just, 
he's fun to watch. Right. Uh, and Tatum and Brown too, uh, guys that are fun players to watch. And yeah. that's hard for me to say as a Lakers fan. No, I understand. So now we get into um, an area in the East where there's some teams I don't really believe in uh, that are going to hang around. <laughs> and you know where I'm going with the Toronto Raptors. Uh, they don't have Kyle Lowry anymore, Mike. I know. They're going to go somewhere. They're going to do something. They got Lowry Light with Fred Van Vliet. Uh, he hasn't met a shot. Lowry Light. Very good. <laughs> um, and they've been in love with this Pascal Siakam. He's a nice player, but they treat him like he's Kawhi Leonard of three years ago. And he's just not. He doesn't have the oh, game no. for it. Um, but they run everything through him and everything's set up for him. And, uh, yes, he's long and lean and he can score a little, but uh, never seems engaged on defense. Uh, doesn't block shots the way he should for his size. Uh, doesn't feel like a team player when I watch them play at all. Uh, I don't see them a lot, so I can't, you know, totally comment on that. Um, He's got good stats, Mike. Uh, yeah. 21.9 points, 8.7 rebounds, 5.2 assists, shooting 49% from the field. Yeah. And like you say, you know, running everything through him. So he's his numbers are going to to be a little bit better because of that. Um but yeah, I, this look, this is a a Toronto team that like you say, I, we don't we don't believe in this team. Right. Uh the Nets, we've covered that debacle. Uh yep. Ben Simmons in the same backcourt um with Kyrie Irving will be very interesting who who gets to bring the ball up. Who's going to play the shooting well, guard? We, well, we, we know that question. It's Simmons uh, at home games and Kyrie on the road. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I, I'm surprised. There's still a lot of pressure they're putting on the New York City mayor to, you know, let um, Kyrie play home games. And uh, it still hasn't happened, you know, as COVID starts to disappear from our lives. Uh, not as quickly as any of us would like. Uh, maybe that'll happen uh, by yeah. the playoffs. But uh, Simmons' style for the way Kyrie and KD play, I, at first I was excited about it. But, I, you know, the more I think about it, I, I don't know. I mean, are they going to really have the patience to let Simmons post up the point guard and run, you know, plays through him? Um they don't it's a, run. It's a fair question. They don't run like the Sixers did, you know. Um, they yeah. would rather set up in half court. Um, they'll run a little, but, you know, KD's not running with all his, you know, Achilles and, and ankle and injuries. Ankle injuries, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. But that being said, you know, you still have KD, who's, you know, probably in the top 10 players maybe of all time, the scorers anyway. Oh, oh yeah. Um, so you have a chance, and, and Kyrie can be really unbelievable when uh, when he's engaged and uh, in shape. Uh, so we'll see. I, I don't know that they're going to make a deep run. They're in the eighth spot right now, thirty-one and twenty-eight on the season. Uh, yeah. I think you know they'll want to avoid the playing tournament and maybe try to get up to the sixth spot, but we'll. We'll see. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. It's. It, it will be interesting. To, it will be interesting to see. Uh, Joe Harris just came back from injury. True. Um, and that's that's a big thing for them. And they got they Good have point. Seth Curry too. Yeah. You know they have a lot of weapons uh, offensively, but like you say, and and that you make up a, a valid point. What are they going to do as far as style goes? Are right. they going to change here midseason because they have Simmons and try to run a little bit more? Right. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. The next team I want to talk about, Dave, I know I'm kind of dominating this here, but uh, you can take the lead in the West. Um, the Charlotte Hornets are a team I believe in. I think this is a very interesting young team. And, you know, they're hanging out in the ninth position here uh, at 29 and 31. Uh, but you look at their roster um, and they are set up 
to help each other out. LaMelo Ball and Scary Terry Rozier in the backcourt uh, are excellent together. Uh, Miles Bridges is someone I really like. Uh, his ability to score, his length. Uh, P.J. Washington and you know Mason Plumley in the front court are very good role players. And in their second team, you know, uh, they got Cody Martin, Kelly Oubre Jr. Oh, Kelly uh, Oubre, definitely. Definitely. You want to talk about a rational confidence type of guy. Uh, that guy just gets out there and thinks he's Michael Jordan. And, uh, you know, you need that kind of guy on your second team. So, well, you know, and he had he had a good uh, run these the two previous years in Golden State yeah. when Clay Thompson wasn't there. I mean, Absolutely. he kind of got lost out there, but yeah. uh, he was he, he really built his game up. And now I was going to call them the Bobcats, mm-hmm. the Hornets. Uh, are really benefiting from that, Mike. Yeah, and if they can get Gordon Hayward healthy, uh, you know, nice bet- veteran presence that can score, get his own shot off uh, down the stretch, there's somebody, you know, I don't think they're championship material, but they, they're going to scare some teams down the stretch here. And, you know, um, I wouldn't want to play them in the playoff tournament for sure. No. Oh, no. When it's when you, you have first team to two wins, yeah, you definitely – they could definitely put a scary Terry into you. Uh, there's two more teams I think we need to talk about. The Hawks, really disappointing in the 10th spot at 28 and 30. Uh, the run they made last year was awesome, and you kind of thought that, uh, you know, they were here to stay in the East. Um, I never liked their roster, and they're starting to make some trades, and they've always had kind of a lot of the same player. Um you know, Hunter and Reddish, now Reddish is gone. Um, those type of players that um, play the same game and don't complement each other. Uh, but Kevin Herter. Love Kevin Herter, big fan. <laughs> uh, I mean, ultimately, the Hawks are going to be as good as Trey Young makes them. You know, yep. he, he has the ball the whole time, uh, which is fine. Uh John Collins, man, if that guy, he's always hurt. He's another guy with yeah, incredible yeah. athletic ability, but he's always hurt. Uh, Clint Capella is the big donut in the middle because uh, there's just a big hole there. But I love Gallinari and Begdanovich off the bench. Um, I think that, you know, they have the potential. Obviously, we saw it last year to make a deep run. Um but I'm very disappointed in where they are right now. I don't know about you. Oh, absolutely. I have to be very disappointed. Uh, you know, and Nate McMillan, their coach, had such a great run, mm. like you said, in the playoffs, gets them to be, you know, full-time. And, yeah, I mean, they're – look, you know, if you want to say what you want about their play, um, which hasn't been good, but they're also up against – you know, the Bulls are so much better and the Cavs are so much better. And, you know, I mean, yeah. all the Celtics got in there, but there's some other teams, Mike, sure. in the East with young talent as well that are just flat out playing better than the Hawks right now. Yeah. And really the tale of the whole season for the Hawks is their road record at 11 and 17. Yep. Uh, that's you, all you need to you know. Right cannot, there. You got to play 500 ball on the road to be a, a playoff contender. And they're, they're not even close, so um, they've got a couple of weeks to put it together and see what happens. Um, I wouldn't count them out just yet, and, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah. uh, not happy where they are right now. And then, of course, we wouldn't be Think Tank Sports uh, from Central and Upstate New York if we didn't talk about the New York Knickerbockers. And oh. What a disaster um they've become uh we saw last year a little bit my biggest complaint was you know everything ran uh through one player and uh when you do that uh the rest of the team gets fatigue um and the effort just doesn't uh match you know every night and julius randall uh had the season of his life last year uh, but he's just not a superstar he's he's a tier below and uh, this team reflects that. Uh, R.J. Barrett's been hurt. He's finally coming back. Um, 
they did pick up Cam Reddish from the Hawks. I think uh, he's going to be nice uh, addition for them. They got rid of Kevin Knox Jr. Um, they're still counting. Derrick Rose has been hurt. They've got Kemba Walker um, at point guard. Now, from what I'm reading and seeing, they're going to buy out Kemba Walker um, when Rose comes back here after the All-Star break. Uh, wow. And, and get rid of him. Yeah. How far has Kemba Walker fallen off? Wow crazy uh but this is a team that unless randall's getting his own shot just does not seem to have an offensive plan um, yeah and that's kind of been Thibodeau's mo and um, you know even when he was successful with the bulls it was derrick rose left derrick rose right derrick rose up the middle um, <laughs> and he was you know derrick rose was heading towards um you know a hall of fame career until he, he blew the knee out uh and he's never been the same since uh, so uh, this team is a huge disappointment from where they were last year. 25 and 34 currently on the outside looking in from the play-in situation uh, and the playoffs. Um, just a huge, huge disappointment. Four games below 500 at home, five games below 500 on the road, uh, three games below 500 in the division. I mean, every stat you look at, uh, it's just bad. And yeah. uh, the other night they blew uh, a 28-point lead, Dave. Against the Nets. Yeah, against a depleted Nets team at the time. Oh, uh, yeah. Right near the trade deadline and, and injuries. End up losing 111-106. And I, was, I watched that game. You could feel it coming. You know, it was just yeah. one of those yep. games where you could just see the train on the tracks there, and there it was. So... Uh, well, and it's it's interesting, uh, yeah. And I I don't know if you saw this, Mike, but the Knicks became I don't know if they were the first team, but one of only a few teams to blow three twenty point leads in a calendar month. Wow. I don't remember the number. It was either they were the only one or it was within like one, two or three teams all time that had done that. Right. Uh, and, you know, like, you know, everyone, like Mike just said, you could feel it coming. They had already done it twice this month. So wow. uh, they That's just, bad. you know, like and Mike says, and he's totally right. They get lost on offense. Uh, you just you come down and you see. Kemba putting up a three and quickly putting up threes and, and Fournier putting up threes. And next thing you know, like they just, they've taken off five, six possessions and the other teams are just, you know, taking it to them. Like they just, they just don't have enough of an offensive identity, which is me basically saying the same thing you said. Uh, Right. They have two plays. They either take a three-point shot very early in the shot clock with no passing or picks, or they dump the ball into Randall and he dribbles the ball for 18 to 20 seconds and puts up a wild shot um, that sometimes goes in. Those are their two plays. Uh, you're just not going to win that way. So, uh, you know, so that's the East, Dave. Let's uh, let's take a look at the, the Western Conference and, and what's – some of the best basketball um, as a whole, as a conference that's been played in a long time. Uh, there's so many good teams. I feel like we say this every year. Uh, it's yep. not, it's just as true, if not more true this year. So, uh, Oh yeah. Where do you want to start, buddy? Well, I think we start right at the top. Yeah. And uh, you know, once again, uh, the Phoenix suns are just, they're just playing tremendous basketball, Mike. They yep. just, any which way you want to put it, they just continue to win. Yep. Uh, they continue to make plays. They sit with the best record in the NBA at 48 and 10. They are six and a half games, again, ahead of the second place Warriors. Uh, again, and we talked about this last year, huge on the road. This year, they're unbelievable. 22 and 5 on the road, Mike. Wow. Um, wow. They have won seven in a row. Uh, they just continue to have these long win streaks. Uh, now, I know CP3 got hurt the other night. Uh, I don't think it was major. Um, no, I don't think so. Oh, oh, well, yeah, no, no. I, sorry. He got hurt. He also got thrown out 
Oh, <laughs> did you see that? Of the game, the two, the technical, and then he, he bumps into the, the official and, yeah. and gets... See you later, CP3. Yep. Uh, complaining, I guess. Oh, no, it was his wrist, right? That he had his right... His, his wrist, right, right. His wrist bent back a little bit. He got called for the foul, and he's the one that got injured. And so they teed him up for complaining about the foul call. And as he was walking towards the bench to probably get medical <clears> treatment, <throat> he bumps the ref. Not intentional, not malicious. Um, but he definitely, Are we sure it was CP3? Yeah. We're sure. Okay. And, All right, just checking. And... Uh, the away he goes out with an early exit, but what are you going to do? Yeah, but but anyways, uh, despite all of that, uh, you know, and the Suns, it's not as if they've, you know, been completely together the entire time either. You know, Devin Booker has been hurt, um, which has definitely been, you know, difficult for them. Um, but they have a lot of, you know, Cam Johnson is one that I really like. Uh, I remember him at North Carolina. <clears throat> Excuse me. He uh, yeah. he's he's continued to get better. He was you know better last year. Kind of tailed off a bit in the playoffs, uh, but he's having a very good year. Uh, almost twelve points, uh, four rebounds. You know, off the bench, forty six percent from the field, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, doing good. They've got your your friend there, Alfred Payton. You like him, right? I do like him. I don't know why I take heat for that, but I, yeah, I like no, him. I don't know, no, no, it's He's fine. Solid, solid guard. Uh, Jay Crowder's still getting it done for them. Uh, seems like he's been in the league forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, good job all around. They have Frank the Tank Kaminsky, of course, um, but CP3 continues to drive everything that they do at almost 15 points a game, 10.7 assists. Uh, he just. Uh, Ageless wonder is the the term that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge CP3 fan, but my gosh, you got to respect what he's been able to do uh, throughout this. And the Suns just continue to to play great basketball, Mike. Yeah, and uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention DeAndre Ayton and his just oh, leap yeah. forward. 16.5 points a game, 10 rebounds a game, uh, just really uh, – doing a great job for them and JaVale McGee backing them up. You can't go wrong with JaVale McGee as your backup center. So, Nope, not at all. Um, so then Mike, like I mentioned, the golden state warriors sitting there, yeah. uh, 42 and 17. Yep. Uh, they more than maintained their, um, their record despite not having, uh, Clay Thompson, who they now do have back, and yep. he's worked his way, you know, into the lineup very well. But this is a this is a deep team, Mike. They have a nice. lot of pieces. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga, uh, the rookie, uh, just I just love his style. A double zero, uh, eight points, and fifty one percent from the field. I mean, he's just right. He's just an explosive. Uh, uh, player, you know, you still have, you know, Gary Payton is doing well. Otto Porter coming off the bench. Um, Toscano Anderson is another guy uh, that's done well off the bench. And Andrew Wiggins, yes, uh, having a great year, makes the All Star team. Now, my my oldest son was just beside himself with this. I'm like, he's having <laughs> a really good year. He's like, but but to be a starter in the All Star game, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 17 points per game, shooting 48% from the field. Uh, he's really been, you know, again, they're just very deep. And now, you know, with Clay Thompson back, and, you know, he's still feeling it out. Um, but he's yeah, had some he's had some good games. Yeah, no, it'll take a while for him to get back in, in the full ramp up. You can't simulate the NBA speed and tenacity, um, you know, while you're – working out and getting ready to come back. And and uh, because of that, James Wiseman, the big man uh, who's been hurt all season, he's going to play some G League games just to get him, you know, ramped up. They got Kavon Looney uh, playing really well for them, so they don't need to rush Wiseman back. Um, and, you know, this team, if you love watching, you know, the ball move and team basketball, especially on offense, 
um, watch the watch this Golden State Warriors team play. Uh, I still get a little crazy with some of Steph Curry's shot selection, but that's just uh, old man River, I guess, um, <laughs> for me. Um, but yeah, he's got he's got the green light. He's earned oh, the he's right the to, light, yeah. to, <laughs> to take some maybe uh, not the best shots. And, uh, you know, we really need to see them completely together because Draymond Green has been out uh, for yep. quite some time, too. Uh, when he comes back, uh, their defense will get that much better. And his numbers, Mike, they're just ridiculous. And we talked, you know, we've talked a couple of times over the last few years about the box scores. 7.9 points per game, 7.6 rebounds per game, 7.4 assists per game, yeah. and 53% from the field. And, and and playing great and anchoring a lot of times their defense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when he gets back and gets into the mix, uh, Phoenix is definitely going to have their run uh, with Golden State, and they certainly have put on a couple of, of nice games during the year. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we already talked about Memphis. What about the Utah Jazz, buddy? Yeah, you know, they continue to just, I guess, plug away. You know, they're just very consistent. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, you know, that guy is just, special. He's, just he's, special. Uh, he's definitely special. And, you know, we've talked about him for, you know, the last few years, of course, but he's just, he's just a great player. And, you know, the Jazz are just filled with the, you know, good players. They're a good team, uh, and they just continue to win despite really anything, uh, honestly. I, I put you know. them and the Nuggets in the same category. We know that they're very good basketball teams, that they're going to be uh, there in the playoffs, and I just want to fast forward to the playoffs to see if they can get over the hump and beat the Suns and the Warriors and, and the Lakers and whoever's around um, yep. and take, you know, which which team and which superstar will take them to the next level. You know, they're both teams are filled their rosters with uh, well above average players at every position. They both have superstars. Uh, they yep. both have some playoff experience now. So let's just fast forward to April and see what these guys can do. Um, yeah, can can we do that? Uh, I mean, this we are, you know, we say this, and of course, then we would have nothing to talk about for two months here right. uh, at Think Tank Sports. But we are in kind of like the dog days of the uh, maybe we call it the polar bear days yeah. um, of the NBA. Um, but the the Jazz are, are are a team like we talked last week, Mike, that have made some changes, and so we want to see how Hergen Gomez does, how Alexander Walker does. Uh, mixing in with their an already very talented roster, mm -hmm. uh, and see if they, you know, see if the Jazz can pick up a little steam. They're eleven and one in their division, Mike. So uh, that certainly can be helpful uh, yeah. as we move into this second half of the season, if you will. Uh, you know, I will, uh, Dave. The Dallas Mavericks. Here's a team that I do not agree one bit about what they're doing. They Absolutely. Ma made this team all about Luca, and Luca's a special talent, but what they're surrounding him with is subpar. They got rid of poor Zingas, and I think that was okay. He was, wasn't exactly uh, getting it done there as uh, Robin to Luca's Batman, but uh, they need to get that dude some help. Um, yeah. You know, Spencer Dinwiddie is a nice player. Uh, Jalen Brunson's a very solid, you know, uh, type of player. But there's nobody on this roster besides Luca that really um, puts the Scares fear in anybody. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You just look up and down the lineup, and you, you just see a lot of the same players. You know, Tim Hardaway Jr., although he's had a, you know, he's had a good year. You got Trey Burke and... Uh, you know, Sterling Brown, it just a lot of these, like you say, just a lot of same players and no, they just don't have that second superstar. I think they thought they were getting that with Porzingis. Right. Uh, and he, you know, Porzingis just, it just hasn't been his, his calling card so far. So, yeah, I mean, you know, they're 35 and 24. Um, 
eleven and two in their division. They're fifth in the conference. They're not terrible. No. Um, but they're going to bow when, out early in the playoffs again. Yep. Let's fast forward to them losing in the first round and you know get it over with, um, because they just don't have the talent or the depth. And and with all the talent in the league, the young superstars. Uh, and the veterans, y- you think they could get Lucas some help. That's all I'm saying. I'm not asking for them to put a super team together. They probably don't need to. Um, but uh, this this is not good enough. If I was a Maverick fan, I, I would be upset. Yeah, I mean, if you think, you know, if they were to add, you know, one other really good player, mm-hmm. would you say one other good player is worth 10 more wins right now? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so okay. Could get their so own that, shot. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So that puts them at 45 wins would put them in second place in the conference. Right. So, you know, as much as we beat them up, they just need that other big talent. Right. Um, and I'm surprised because so, Cuban comes across as, you know, I want to win and I'm here to win championships and, you know, spare no expense. But he's really his actions are treating this like a business. He's not paying big money or making big transactions to win. Um, he's paying Luca um, not what oh. he deserves yet. He'll get the big contract, um, but he's too young to have the real, you know, monster contract yet. Um, so he's treating this like a business. And uh, if you're really there to win, then let's make it happen. You know, that's all. I, I would just challenge him to get this guy some help. Yep. Yep. No doubt. And right behind them, Mike, is another team. <sighs> Feels kind of similar. You know, the, the Nuggets uh, out there in Denver, 33 and 25, sixth place. Yep. Um, in the West, you know, just there behind uh, the Mavericks. And this is where is Jamal Murray? Yeah. I mean, he got hurt and, you know, almost two years ago. Like, we have just not seen him at all and when you think about how close they came uh to getting you know towards the finals and the great run they had in the bubble and murray and the joker uh literally have not seen that right literally have not seen that basically at all in two years and you know Jokic continues to just I mean, he's just having an unbelievable, another MVP, 26 points, 13.8 rebounds, 7.9 assists, 57% from the field. Uh, He just continues to do it, but he's doing, he's doing it all. And, you know, Jamal Murray is that pick and roll game in the bubble two years ago, literally was unstoppable. And Murray's got that clutch gene that he just, uh, loves to close out games and seems to make, you know, the, the big shot every time. So they desperately need him back. Uh, they picked up Aaron Gordon last year, and I think they thought he was going to uh, fill that void, and he just hasn't. Um, he never yeah. really did with the Bulls or uh, the Magic or wherever he bounced around to. Yeah, um, yeah. And it still continues to happen. So. Uh, I'm seeing here on their website that they're saying both Murray and Porter Jr. could be back this season, um, but nobody has a lot of uh, hope for that. Uh, Murray's been out since last April with a, a torn ACL, and Porter Jr. had surgery to repair a nerve issue in his back uh, that sidelined him since November. So neither one of those uh, players even if they do come back, will be in enough shape and rhythm uh, to make a run this year. And uh, yep. it's too bad, but, uh, you know. It is. It is because they were so exciting. Jokic and is still fun to watch, though. Right on. Yeah. Oh, and absolutely. Jokic is just, you know, he he's just a talent. Like, I don't even know. Like, do you put him there with, you know, what Bill Walton was doing in the 70s when he was that good. I mean, that's the only comparison I can even think of. Yeah, he's such an odd bird because he has the outside game. Uh, he certainly can pass with Walton and, and post people up. Walton's probably better in the post. Uh, yeah. But Jokic yeah. is nailing threes left and right. Uh, can handle a little better than Walton. But, yeah, I, I don't know, like you said, who else would you compare him to? It's It's crazy. Um, how how good he is and how a unique talent he is. So 
I hope they get these players back and can make a run soon. Let's talk about uh, the two teams that share a building, Dave, and um, oh boy, where they're heading. The Clippers are at thirty and thirty-one. Uh, the Lakers are at twenty-seven and thirty-one. Um, I'll let you take the Lakers because uh, they're your boys. The Clippers continue to just toil in anonymity. I know Kawhi's been hurt. I know um, preseason P also has been hurt. Um, until those guys are healthy, we don't have a true idea of, of what this team is. Uh, and, yeah. I, and then they make a trade. And Norman Powell, one of the guys they traded for, breaks his foot right away. Oh, uh, yeah, it's just terrible luck. Steve Ballmer, the owner, another owner that, you know, came in with great guns and we're going to do whatever it takes to win and we're not going to be the little stepbrother to the Lakers anymore. And uh, that's gone over like a dry popcorn fart, dude. Uh, it's just nothing's <laughs> happened. Uh, Bing, bang, boom, nothing. So, uh you know, the Clippers are what we thought they were. Uh, they'll continue to be the little stepbrothers, uh, no matter how badly the Lakers play. So uh, they're in the ninth spot or the eighth spot in, you know, the play-in um, situation right now, and they'll probably toil there the rest of the year. What's up with your Lakers, buddy? I mean... Oh, my gosh. I, I wish I knew, you know, they they finally put together a really nice game uh Wednesday night against the Jazz uh, at home, and they, you know, they put a good game together, and they, they, they actually beat the Jazz uh, and looked really good. The problem is, you know, Mr. Injury himself, Anthony Davis, got hurt again. Mr. Glass, uh, they're calling him. Yeah, Mr. Glass, yeah, yep. made of glass. And that's become more of the storyline than anything. The, the championship two years ago is so far in the rearview mirror. Yep. Uh, and it's just clogged up by all of these injuries, particularly to Anthony Davis. Uh, when the Lakers are healthy, uh, you know, LeBron and Anthony Davis, you can put them up against anybody. Sure. Um, but they haven't been healthy. I, I've said this already. They don't, uh, this season, they don't play consistent defense. And Mike, I'm looking at this uh, and I, I, you know, we haven't done a lot of NBA, so this just shocks me. Uh, and I know the Lakers have had a lot of bad losses. Nine and 18, Mike, on the road. Yeah. Nine and 18. I mean, we've talked about you've got to try to do, you know, 500, 500 but nine and yeah. 18. Uh, you know, the, Wes the Russell Westbrook thing, I was not a fan of it. Uh, when they did it, it's been a, an absolute disaster, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. It just hasn't melded well. Um, they're an old team. They certainly could put a run together, don't get me wrong, but uh, how how much longer do we have to say that? You know, they started out 21 and six last year mm -hmm. and had all the injuries uh, and, you know, were ahead against the Suns in the playoffs, and then Anthony Davis got hurt. They haven't been the same. Uh, it's very frustrating. I've heard people say, oh, you know, Frank Vogel's going to get fired. Why? Put your foot on the brakes, people. Come yeah. on. Right. I mean, he's a great coach. Uh, they've had terrible injuries. Uh, but, you know, there are some pieces. You know, they have not played good defense, like I said. That he's got to find a way to motivate those guys. Uh, LeBron's got a, LeBron's had a great year. He's got to find some way to help motivate those players. Uh, they sit at twenty-seven and thirty-one, Mike, in the nine spot. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. At this point, I'm not confident that they're going to do anything better than this, and they're going to be three, four, five games under five hundred uh, at the end of the year, which will get them into the play-in. Um, but so what? I mean, yeah. yeah, they get into the playoffs. C could they put a run together? Yeah, but w the way they're so inconsistent uh, going up against either the Suns or the Warriors, I mean, they're just going to get destroyed. Yeah, absolutely. You know who needs to be fired is uh, Palenka, the general manager. Um, okay. He's kind of been protected in the past by uh, Kobe Bryant. Kobe, yeah, yes, Kobe was absolutely. a big fan of his and, you know, gave him a lot of credit. 
uh, and kind of protected him. Um, but now that Kobe's gone and we see this roster of, you know, misfits and, and never was his, you know. Yeah. Um, and we didn't even really get into that. I just, right. let me just run, rattle these names off. I mean, Trevor Ariza, Kent Bazemore, um, Avery Bradley, eh, Wayne Ellington. Mm. I mean, you got a lot of the same player, these old guys that can't do anything. All right, please continue. No, that's fine. Uh, I guess he was trying to get rid of Taylor Horton Tucker at the trade deadline. No one wanted him with his contract that they paid him too much. Uh, Malik Monks had a nice season for them. He's played yes. well. That you know, so you got to give him a little credit for picking him up. Um, but the rest of it, you know, has been a disaster. The Anthony Davis, with all the injuries, like you said earlier um, in this conversation. It, has been an absolute disaster as much as, you know, we want to pick on the Westbrooks and uh, the other people that he's brought in. Uh, Davis just has not lived up to uh, his potential and uh, continues to be a drag on this roster uh, because of all the injuries when he's healthy and they're playing together. Those two, you know, LeBron and AD are as dominant a pair as we've seen in the league, but it's few and far between when that happens. So, yep. um, Palenka's got to make some drastic changes, but they're in salary cap hell. They couldn't get rid of Westbrook if they wanted to. You know, we talked about that yeah. last week. Um, yep. You know, they're in, they're in trouble. Um, and they're in trouble for the long haul here uh, until LeBron decides to hang him up. Um, which won't happen until Bronny, uh, his son, is in the league, whenever that is, if he makes the league. No pressure, kid. Um, yeah, no pressure at all. Dad's just, you know, one of the best ever. Right. So uh, I don't think they're going to make the straight-up playoffs. Uh, they're going to be, like you said, in this play-in um, bracket here, these four teams. Uh, and unless they're completely healthy and do a 180 on the court, uh Play-wise, uh, no one's scared of the Lakers um, no. anymore. So that's too bad, buddy. It really is. Um, so, I, I mean, I, overall, though, when you look at the West, the teams are where they're supposed to be. The teams on the outside looking in are the Spurs, the Pelicans, the Kings, the Thunder, and the Rockets. That's, you know, that those are the teams that are supposed to be at the bottom this year, you know, uh, I don't see any surprises one way or the other. You know, the Pelicans continue to disappoint the Zion Williams, uh, you know, scenario there. Um, you know, we've talked about before, uh, push the mountain dew to the side and mix in some water. Um, yeah, could you please? Uh, you know, we'll see <laughs> what happens in the future there. Another year wasted there. Um, but those are the teams that are supposed to be at the bottom. So I don't have a huge problem with that. Um it is top heavy, you know. The, I mean, the Suns and the Warriors, I think, uh, and I'm re uh, ready to say Memphis as well. They're the top three, and they're there for a reason. I I would definitely think that um, they'll be there at the end uh, of this playoff scenario. So. Uh, when I look at the Western Conference, it's just like, okay, that's where it's supposed to be. Let's get to the playoffs and see what happens. The Eastern Conference yeah. is more intriguing just because we don't know what, you know, the Sixers are going to do. Are the Bulls going to hang on? Will the Nets get it together and make a run? Are the Celtics going to make, you know, there's a lot of lot more question marks uh, at the top. Um, down here in the West, uh, just we know what it is right now, so. That's where I am on the league, buddy. Let's look at some individual um, leaders real quick, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, let's see. I had it up here. Here we go. Uh, leading the league in scoring. Who's leading the league in scoring? Yeah, uh, Joel Embiid and Giannis is, uh, at 29.6. Giannis is right there at 29.4. Durant, 29.3. LeBron, 29.1. Uh, so they're all right there, and yeah. obviously we talked about Embiid and Giannis, uh, and both averaging 11.2 rebounds per game. Uh, you know, they're they're right there, elite status uh, yeah. in the league, and and competing for that scoring title, which yeah. I'm sure will give them a bonus uh, in their uh, contracts. Yeah, interesting. You know, in years past, you'd see Harden and Westbrook at the top of this list, but. 
for various reasons that's not happening anymore so good for them rebounds per game um you know rudy gobert continues to dominate the boards at 14.8 Jokic 13.8 clint capella 12 uh sabonis uh at 12 and uh vukovic uh, from chicago at 11.7 all big men all doing their jobs very very well uh not surprised by any of that Assist per game, 36-year-old Chris Paul, Dave, uh, 10.7 assists. He's just an assist machine. Uh, I've got Harden in second place, but I don't know if he's played enough games. Uh, I'm kind of surprised to see him up there. Uh, And then here's a name we haven't mentioned, but we should put some respect on, DeJounte Murray, uh, 9.3, along with Trey Young, uh, tied Mm -hmm. for third. you know, running the point and, and setting their teammates up. Uh, good job. And then Luca's in fifth with nine. So uh, we talked about how special uh, Luca uh, is, and there's there's another uh, stat that he's leading in. Um, what about field goal percentage? Uh, who, who was it was doing 73% from the field? Um, Robert Williams. Um We've got yeah. uh, Rudy Gobert, the Stifle Tower, at 71.1. Wow. I mean, the dude is just dominant inside. Uh, 14, almost 15 rebounds a game, 71% uh, field goal percentage. Kind of crazy uh, that he dominates the middle. Jared Allen, JaVale McGee, Montrez Harrell from the Charlotte Hornets. Boy, dude doesn't miss a shot at 64. And then DeAndre Ayton. So all these same names, you know, you notice the same names on these dominant teams. Um, But the one I really wanted to uh, get to uh, is three-point field goals. Yeah. Stephen Curry's made 251 three-pointers this season. 50 higher than the second place Fred Van Vliet at 201. 50. I mean, that's just outrageous. Um, I I know that he uh, is prolific at it. And in a time in the league where three-pointers are um, made by by everybody, you know, big men, uh, midsize, and the little guys, and Curry's Curry's winning by 50. Uh, Van- well, and this is why we talked about this earlier in the year. Uh, he's he's going to put this record in a spot where it's... Oh, yeah. He's going to put it away. You know, I mean, it's just... You don't want to say untouchable, uh, but it, it's going to be close. Right. Absolutely. And then you got Buddy Heald, Patty Mills, and Duncan Robinson. You know, Mills and Robinson are specialists. That they Their job is to run to the three-point arc and, and, and put a shot up, so... Uh, yep. Just interesting to see, you know, these stat leaders as, as we are here at the All-Star break. Uh, Dave, are you going to watch the All-Star game? I'm curious. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I was thinking about it in the car the other day. And, like, I don't watch the Pro Bowl because it's just I, – I just – it's so disinteresting to me uh, for, the, for the NFL. But the NBA All-Star game, I don't have a lot of expectations for other than to just sit down and be entertained. I want right. to see – you know, some crazy threes, some big dunks, you know, all kinds of crazy passes. And then, the, you know, the last bunch of years, they've tightened up and, and you know, kind of played for uh, a victory there at the end. That's all I really want to see. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't have a ton of expectations with it, but I will definitely be watching. Yeah, me too. I enjoy the athleticism on display. I mean, you're seeing guys do – just incredible athletic feats, you know, for every, every dunk they miss, I know uh, they're going to make one uh, and the alley oops and those kind of things. And then I kind of like this, um, you know, the way they end the game with the, with the scoring, uh, you know, the first one to get to the scoring plateau uh, yeah. wins the game. I, I like that uh, a lot in an all-star scenario. So, um, you know, probably, I would say baseball is the first for me for all-star games and then NBA yeah. second, you know? Yep. Yep. I would, I would agree. That's, that's, that's very accurate. Um, yeah. 
good good stuff right there all right well you know folks that's uh our nba wrap up here we're at uh the all-star break uh, as we now turn the corner and the teams that uh are going to make a playoff push are going to start doing it uh after this time off uh so get ready to watch teams shorten their rotation and and get stuff ready um for their playoff runs some will be uh playing for their playoff lives and uh, others that are playing for next season. Uh, we will be in our least, my least favorite time of year with the buyouts uh, on the contracts, but uh, that's just the nature of the NBA. But in the meantime, here at Think Tank Sports, we'll be keeping an eye on it and uh, reporting back to you on all of our social networking platforms, as well as your favorite place to download our podcast, whether that be Spotify or iTunes or anchor or one of the many others um that are available uh here at think tank sports uh we thank you for all your feedback and we strive for five